Since last time we talked, the Vikings signed a guard one I think has a real good chance to start. And we got to do a mock draft because it's Monday and that's what we do here on the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on everybody welcome 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 to another episode of the locked on vikings podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day as always i'm your host your pal and katie copied off in math class my name is luke braun you can find me on twitter at luke braun nfl you can find the show on twitter at locked on vikings today's episode is brought to you by bet online bet online has you covered this season with more odds props and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts Today is Monday. That means we're doing a mock draft. It also means I just, I missed y'all all weekend. All right. I miss you and I'm ready to do a mock draft. But first we got to talk about uh, a guy the Vikings signed. Chris Reed. They signed a guard and I'm actually like kind of pretty stoked on him. It's weird. He's kind of an underrated player. He was, I guess, technically a backup in Indy. He backed up Quentin Nelson, but Quentin Nelson missed a bunch of time. So he actually ended up playing a decent amount at left guard. He's mostly a left guard. He's played plenty of right guard. The reporting is that that's where he'll play for Minnesota. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily any worse on the left than he is on the right or anything like that. So it seems fine to me, Um, but he will play right guard. And so it creates this big giant competition. Chris Reed, Jesse Davis, Wyatt Davis, Ole Udo, best man wins at right guard. Love it, right? Four players all duking it out. To me, Chris Reed is hand and fist above the rest of those players. It seems like the way... He plays compared to the way all of the rest of them play is just a a good step or two above. And I will confirm this and go into more depth probably later in the week, um, assuming news doesn't go crazy. But let me give you the, the skinny on him real quick. Well, not the skinny. That's probably a bad way to talk about a guard. But <laughs> here's the deal with him. Chris Reed is a short-armed player from a small school, so he didn't have high draft stock or anything like that, and he sort of had to carve out his own career. He has done that. He's in, like, year eight, and now he makes a stop here. He signed a two-year deal, the uh, money of which I do not know as of this recording. Signings like this are never too expensive by the time you get to this point in a year, though, so I can't imagine it's like a huge blockbuster or anything, in which case I'm like even happier. That super rules. So the reason I'm so excited about Chris Reed is because of the way that he wins. Um, it's with a lot of anchor and it's he's he's uses exactly the moves he needs to be using to win with short arms. And he wouldn't have carved out his career for as long as he did if he didn't have these tools. So it's kind of like, look, by the time an undrafted free agent's been in the in the league for seven years, he's kind of got that down. Um, and let me explain in a, a little further what, what that means. So he is a short-armed offensive lineman. He has much shorter arms than you would typically want, and that plus being from a small school means you're not going to have a lot of fanfare coming out. So what you have to do is find a way to overcome that. You have to find techniques that beat that. And if you imagine, you know, being, imagine a boxer with not a lot of reach, a Manny Pacquiao, right? He, he has beaten up a ton of people who had a reach advantage on him. And the way Manny Pacquiao does this, and I think boxing is a great analogy when we're talking about offensive line play, um, is by just getting in close. 
And that's what Pacquiao does, what most of these short-armed boxers will do. They'll get in close and basically make it, we're in a phone booth. I don't care if you can reach longer than me. I'm, I'm getting you, you're getting me, and we're going to play this kind of game, and now I'm going to get really good at this. And Chris Reed's style is very, very, very similar to that. Um, it, it, that's, that's the philosophy that any short-armed offensive guard also has to take. Um, let's get in a phone booth, and you're going to do that. So something he talks about in an interview he did with somebody who wrote for Stampede Blue, um, the SB Nation Colts blog, was called Lobster Block. He talked about it. So it's called the Lobster Block. And essentially, it's grabbing a guy by the lapel and sort of bringing him in. Um, but that's essentially what you do. So for Chris Reed, it's very, very important for him to get his hands like inside the chest, not on the shoulder or on the outside, but like inside the chest. Um, and that will allow him to have better leverage. And sometimes he can just win the rep that way. Or if it's a particularly long armed guy, it allows him to grab the guy by the jersey and bring him in and say, we're in a phone booth now. And, and before you say anything, that is not holding. It's only holding if they try to get outside your frame and you prevent them and pull them back from doing that. Grabbing them by the lapel and bringing them in close to you is actually totally fair game. And it's something that a lot of short armed offensive linemen utilize um, to kind of erase that disadvantage and then from there he's got good anchor and he's got a good ability to pull in stuff if you want to have a concern about this for my doomers for my my negative nancy's out there um maybe the the way to go would be to talk about how uh, talk about his scheme fit because it seems like the vikings are going to do a lot of wide zone and even if it's not wide zone specifically there's something a little bit incongruous with the way kevin o'connell has talked about garrett bradbury um and the way that Chris Reed has played. Um, now, Chris Reed actually did play a couple of games at center in preseason, so he has a little bit of experience snapping the ball. So maybe he just becomes a Garrett Bradbury replacement. A lot of people have pitched that. I don't know how I feel about it because he's never taken a meaningful snap there, but shoot, let him compete. Who cares, right? Let's just let this all shake out in camp. Um, but I digress. Either way, he has not played in the wide zone scheme that Kevin O'Connell has talked about. And O'Connell has talked about with regard to Bradbury specifically, hey, we think we're actually going to do some schematic things that are going to help him out. We're going to give him some better tools, and, and we think it's because we're going to do something different than this with the scheme than he's run before. To me, that sounds like pure wide zone stuff, which would be very different than what Kevin O'Connell probably has studied most extensively, which is last year. Last year, the Vikings did not run pure wide zone. They ran some duo. They ran some power concepts. They ran some other stuff that definitely wasn't great for Garrett Bradbury, but their wide zone stuff was so figured out they had to pivot to something else that wasn't as good for their personnel. So if you're watching that tape, that's not good for Bradbury, and you say, well, we're just going to run pure wide zone. Purely, clearly, that'll be best for him, and maybe he did have his best games in games where they ran more zone runs, right? Um, so... That's where you would get a quote like that from Kevin O'Connell. That would be the logic. But if that's what they're doing, that does not fit Chris Reed. And so if you wanted to be super negative about it, um, well, let me say again, that doesn't necessarily fit Chris Reed. I have not seen him much in a wide zone, good or bad. I just haven't seen him play it. So I don't know. Um, but I have seen him pull and I've seen him kick out on screens and stuff. And I've seen him combo block occasionally in Carolina and Indianapolis. He seems like he's pretty good at it, so I personally am not worried about that at all. But if you wanted to be, there's your your avenue. F for me, I'm jumping through hoops for this dude. I He is mean. He's got finish. He's got all the torque in the world. Once his hands are on your lapel like that, he just tosses you to the ground. And it looks like Christian Derrissaw blocking Chaz Surratt out there. It's awesome. So... 
I'm super, super into this signing. I think he runs away with a starting job on the offensive line, whether it's right guard or center or whatever. I think this dude absolutely plays. Um, and I think he's way better than Jesse Davis or only Udo or whatever. And I think he's better than Bradbury if he can snap, as long as that's not a problem. Being at center isn't a problem for him. Um, as long as he can fit at that position and do what that position asks of him, I do think he's a better lineman than Bradbury. So I'm into it. I love it. I'm super happy about it. Even if they end up paying five or six million or whatever, and it ends up being a real contract, I'm fine with that. I think he's a good player and I'm into it. So that rules. Uh, but you know what else rules? Mock drafts. So let's, uh, let's get into one. First things first though, let's all sit down, have a conversation about our gut health. Gut health is so cool. Like scientifically, um, like the managing your gut bacteria and, and like the flora in your gut is uh, a really good way to help with like dieting and your health and stuff like that it has all these crazy effects. And it's sort of a new science. I think it's kind of the, the new wave real thing of health. Athletic Greens is a great way to do that. And taking their AG1 product is awesome. You can think of it like taking a multivitamin. Tons of people take multivitamins and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 from Athletic Greens is a small micro habit with big, big, big benefits. Just a thing you take every morning, just stir it into a little bit of water and you can take better care of yourself. Be nice to yourself. Be nice to your gut. And it comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is super important, especially in the winter months when we're not allowed to go outside because it's negative numbers out. So right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for 10 million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I also want to talk to you about Gramblin. It is a very fun time to be a Gramblin. Of course, you can bet on NFL draft stuff like who's going to be the first overall pick. I love years like this where it's not abundantly clear um, and you don't have a Miles Garrett type that's just definitely going to be number one overall. You kind of have to bet on it. I love that kind of thing. You can gramble on that. You can gramble on pro basketball, pro hockey, uh, even like tennis, golf, whatever. You can even play your favorite Vegas casino games. So head on over to betonline.net. Use their player props builder, or you can bet on stuff live, like at halftime in the middle of games or whatever. That's really fun. They have a live betting apparatus that updates like every 10 seconds with uh, new like updated lines and stuff. More props, lines, and odds than ever before. So head on over to betonline.net and get yourself a Gramlin at BetOnline, where the game starts. It's time for Mock Draft Monday. We're in the thick of it now. We're going all the way to seven rounds. We're using the PFN Mock Draft Simulator. If you are new to Mock Draft Mondays on the Lockdown Vikings podcast, um, I have a rule where I cannot take anybody that I have taken before. In round one, that means Andrew Booth and Derek Stingley are off of the board. We've done two mock drafts in this wave so far, and those are the two guys I've taken, so I can't take them again. i got to pick somebody else. In this particular simulation, I'm sitting at pick number six, and Ahmad Gardner's already off the board. He's kind of the only guy I've been that interested in, like, trading up for. Maybe that's Travon Walker, or maybe there's a wide receiver, but kind of, that's the only place where there seems to be, like, a real talent cliff. Because if I want an edge rusher, one of them's going to be there. If I want a tackle or a wide receiver, somebody cool's going to be there. So really, it's only Ahmad Gardner that, and Sauce Gardner that you're going to go up for. 
So I am now sitting at 11, so I could trade up one spot if I wanted to. And there's a couple interesting edge rushers on the board. Um, the Stingley and Booth are both on the board if I were allowed to take them. Um, all the guards are on the board. It's really not that hard to find a guy at the position that you want if you want him. So we kind of just get to pick whatever. Oh, Derek Stingley went to Washington here. Interesting. Um, I am not very interested in trading in this particular simulation. So we got to go through the options. There's Jordan Davis out of Georgia. Weird kind of positional need fit. We've got a lot of defensive tackle stuff, so we got to find a role for him. I don't know uh, if I have that in me tonight. There's Jamison Williams or Chris Olave, the two wide receivers. Garrett Wilson, the other Ohio State receivers, long gone. Um, so I could take one of those guys if I'm interested in a receiver. Uh, there's Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. I saw somebody mock him to the Vikings and also was like, tackles the biggest need on the Vikings. Uh, no, he is. It is not. We're actually pretty set at tackle. Uh, I mean, we could use some tackle depth, but you're not doing that in the first round. I think with a board like this, I'm pretty interested in trading down. Um, but just for the sake of talking about it, let's go with Jordan Davis, even though he's a weird redundancy. He's 340, he's 6'6", he absolutely rules. He was a big part of that Georgia defense. Um, I don't think there is really much debate about how good Jordan Davis is, but there is, I think, some debate about how well he fits the Vikings, who have Dalvin Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips, and there's a reasonable amount of money tied up into those guys that they should be starters and they should be playing every down they can. Um, and that is a big deterrent in taking a player like Jordan Davis. But if you look at the board, the way that it falls very often, Jordan Davis is best player available. It's a pure BPA pick and I'm going to do it not because I think it's necessarily the right move. I'm probably taking Stingley on this board, but I'm not allowed to because of my rules, but I am doing so instead just to get the excuse to talk about Jordan Davis. And here's where I think a defensive tackle has to thrive um, is, look, you need the run defense aspect. But for the Vikings, they have that with Phillips and Tomlinson. I think that absolutely fills your, your need for a run stuffing defensive tackle. So if you're going to pick an interior guy, he needs to be a pass rusher. He needs to be a three down player that can be a big time threat, whether it is run or pass. I don't think many people think that Jordan Davis is a big pass rusher. And if you do, then you're going to like this pick a lot more than I do. But this is a pick I'm not a huge fan of. And I don't think I think I would like the Vikings to do it because it is difficult to see a world where he and Tomlinson and Phillips are all on the field at the same time, except for like weird goal line packages. In particular, it's that he's not very quick off the snap which in run defense, it's not necessarily as important to like fire off as in, in as an attacking away um, in pass or, you know, in, against the run, you can sort of be more passive about that as a defensive tackle. You can just get into your gap and hold it. And that's fine. You don't necessarily need to blow a guy back like in pass rush where you're, you have to penetrate against the run. You don't necessarily have to penetrate in the past. You can't just stand there. Um, I took him in this mock draft. And part of this too is, what if we take best player available? It's not Jordan Davis necessarily, but it's somebody else. And we don't, how do the next rounds play out if we don't have a need filled by the first round? And that's kind of what I'm trying to figure out. So we're coming up on pick number 46 now. 
uh, with guys on the board. And let's see what happens when we have every need available to us in the second round. How does this board sort of play out? So what's interesting and totally screws me on this one is Perion Winfrey, the defensive tackle from Oklahoma, is there. So if I wanted to do this, I could have waited till the second round and picked somebody else. I could have picked like Kenny Pickett, take a stab at quarterback. Speaking of, Sam Howell is on the board. And if I am just absolutely eschewing need here, and I'm just taking like, look, let's just like take dudes. Um, look, take Sam Howell, let him develop for a year or two and see what happens behind Kirk Cousins. That could be the move here. And I'm honestly a little tempted to do it because everybody else is like defensive line. You got Boye Mafe out of uh, Minnesota. You have Drake Jackson out of USC, uh, DeMarvin Neal out of AM, Sam Williams, Arnold Ebichetti. These guys are all there's a lot of edge rushers around. So what I'm kind of noticing is, okay, don't take an edge rusher in the first round. You're going to get a bunch in the second round. There's also a lot of linebackers, like kind of truer linebackers. But you know what? I'm going to do the same hell thing. Screw it. I've already sort of made a first round pick that just does not really care about where we are on the board, where our roster's at, and what of our actual needs and stuff like that. So let's make another one that doesn't really care about how this guy's going to get snaps, right? Sam Howell ain't getting snaps this year, and he's probably not getting snaps next year. Um, but it's a second round pick, so we're not exactly spending, you know, this isn't a top six guy that you're going to sit forever. Um, and we can try to develop him while we're at this. This is just turning into a bit of a themed draft and it's a bit of a thought experiment and I'm kind of enjoying it. So I think I'm just going to commit. What if we just issued need entirely and we just did not care about position and we just took guys that like interest us. So let me take Daniel Falele here at pick number seven in, in the uh, third round. He's a Minnesota gopher. I'm sure that'll make a lot of people pretty happy. He's huge. He's, you know, the famously big guy that Daniel Fale is. Um, and he moves okay for his size. The The concern is what happens when he goes up against twitchy NFL speed type edge rushers. That's kind of worrying. Um, so can he do that? However, with O'Neal and Christian Derrissaw, he has lots of time to develop and he can maybe even just become a swing tackle. Third rounder for a swing tackle, I'll take that as value and maybe you can even kick him inside and just have the biggest guard in the world. He won't be able to pull and I don't know how how good he's going to be at reach blocking and zone block stuff that create that requires all that quickness. He's not a scheme fit. But again, we are not building for the roster we have right now. We're just sort of taking dudes um, without hindering ourselves to try to make the most efficient needs. And at the end, we'll see if we actually like this draft class more than some of the more standard drafts that we've done. So that's Daniel Falele. Now, for the first time on Lockdown Vikings, I am continuing onward. I am going all the way into the fifth round. The Vikings don't have a fourth rounder. They spent it on Chris Herndon. Uh, so while we wait, let's talk a little bit about Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar on the entire planet. It's covered in 100% chocolate. Uh, it's got, there's all sorts of great flavors like coconut and chocolate caramel, chocolate orange, chocolate raspberry. There's a cookies and cream one, peanut butter brownie. That's my favorite, whatever you like. There's also their Built Puffs where they got like a churro puff. They got like a key lime pie one. The, the puffs taste like marshmallow and it's wild how they got that with collagen protein. It's gotta be like, uh, like a whipping egg whites thing or something. I don't know. I don't know the science of it. I just know it tastes good and it tastes like marshmallow covered in chocolate, but it's got like 130 calories and like four grams of sugar in one of these things. Compare that to a real candy bar that's like 30 grams of sugar and like 300 calories. And this guy has 17 grams of protein to boot. 
is not going to knock you off the wagon, but it tastes like a candy bar. Your brain isn't going to notice the difference and you're going to be able to satisfy all those stupid cravings that totally try to knock you off the wagon at 3 a.m. So head on over to built.com, enter promo code locked uh, or locked 15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you can get 15% off of your order. That's promo code locked 15, all one word at built.com. Moving on with this mock draft Monday, we have Pick number 156, that is in the fifth round, and I would like to take a wide receiver. I think if I ran an NFL team, I would just have a steady stream of wide receivers constantly being drafted. It'd just be something I do every year. It would be like the third round edge rusher for Rick Spielman. It's just something I would always want to have is a a wide receiver or two and just a constant influx of young talent. For me this time, that guy is going to be Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor. He is a super stick skinny, super fast, super quick guy. So he has to get all the separation in the world. And if he doesn't, he's never winning the contested catch and he's going to get killed in press. For me, I would rather have my wide receivers fast than physical. I don't need somebody mean or a mauler or the kind of big bully type box out guy. That's great in a tight end. That's great in a certain like type of wide receiver. But I'm sort of learning the Laquan Treadwell lesson here of don't get a guy that can't get separation and won a bunch of contested catches in college. Get a guy who can get separation and doesn't need to win contested catches. That's the Taekwon Thornton thing. Um, and it's the fifth round. So if he doesn't work out, you know, I'm again, I'm, I'm taking some risks with not a lot of chips on the table. At pick number 184, we're in round six now. I'm going to take a safety in Colby Harvell Peel. And he kind of is the the type of safety I like. He can be a downhill safety that loves to, you know, read a play and go jump on it. He's not as good in run support. But again, I don't necessarily need my coverage guys to be all that physical. For a safety, I love it when they're physical and they can be a big thing in run support. And if this weren't the sixth round, I would care about this a lot more. But this seems like a guy that you might need to just teach a little bit about like angles and run support and stuff like that. Um, and tackling and, and, and all that. There's a lot you'd have to teach him, but he at least gives you a sense. You know, if, if he has to go on the field, you can just park him 35 yards behind the line of scrimmage and say, you're just going to be free safety. We just won't put you in run support. And you can sort of get away with that. Um, and that would be, you know, as safety four, once you're down to that guy, you're going to be okay with that. Um, and I'm okay with kind of having him be there until he can learn the rest of it. So we'll take Colby Harvell Peel out of Oklahoma State, a safety. Um, and now we have a couple of back-to-back picks here, 191 and 192. With the first one, I'm going to take Micah McFadden out of Indiana, who is an unreal athletic pros- prospect. He's like insanely athletic and he's muscly and he's dense and he's a good tackler and stuff. Uh, it just seems like he doesn't do a great job of bouncing out to the edge, like to the point where he's fallen all the way to the sixth round. Like it seems like a pretty severe issue of not having a lot of lateral range. And of course, there's a big concern there where you tested really well, but you're not playing the way your testing would suggest that you should play. So what's the deal with that? Um, so I'd want to look into that before I even give him like a draftable grade at all. Uh, but in this particular juncture, where I picked number 191, everybody's going to have their blemishes and I'll take that one. You can still use that guy, right? And that is becoming the theme of this day three. Can you use this guy in some kind of way? Um, with the next pick, again, we got back-to-back picks. I am taking a quarterback. I'm going with Akil Glass out of Alabama A&M. He is big. He's got a cannon of an arm. He's a fine mobility, and uh, he just doesn't have the touch or the anticipation or really the accuracy at all. That is a nearly impossible thing, I think, in most cases to teach someone. The fact that Josh Allen learned this is astounding to me and should not be considered the norm. 
Um, but I am taking a guy. Look again, we're in the late. We're in the, in the middle of the sixth round. Like it's okay. Um, we're gonna take a guy if that's the worst it gets. We're doing that, and this would be another thing that I would do if I were GM. Is just you know in the middle of the middle rounds, I just always have a Kellen Mond type, and we're in the sixth round this time. But he's got, you know, the arm strength and a little bit of upside where if you can figure out a mechanical problem or what's causing that accuracy, I think a lot of it's just youngness and maybe a little bit of um, nerves and stuff and a little bit of that young jittery thing. And if you can maybe get like quieted mind, as Kevin O'Connell always says about cousins, if you can get that, you might have a backup quality quarterback and a chance at a backup quarterback in the sixth round seems like a decent place to be for me. Finally, seventh round, I'm taking Jeremiah Moon, linebacker out of Florida. Pretty good athletic testing. He's 6'4", 249. That's the type of special teams looking guy that I love to look for in the seventh round. So there it is. We got a mock draft. It is not one I'm going to like. Uh, at the end of this whole exercise, I will compare all the mock drafts together and say, you know, which one do you all like? And I have a feeling this one's coming in last. Like I did Jordan Davis, Sam Howell, Daniel Falele. I picked three guys in the top three rounds, and I don't know if any of them get any snaps in their first like year or maybe even two. Um, I don't mind the strategy of day three, but obviously this wasn't very great. So that's the lesson we learned, right? Okay, BPA. What if we just went straight up best player available for everything and we just totally forgot the roster we're drafting for? Okay, maybe that's not the best idea. Maybe we have to consider this a little bit. We should probably adjust our board as such. I don't think that's a new lesson for anybody, but it's always good to confirm that kind of thing. Tomorrow is Twitter Tuesday. So send me your questions at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter, at Locked On Vikings on Twitter, Google Notes, or there's a Google form in the show notes. Um, and you can also send me an email at LockedOnVikingsPodcast at gmail.com. In the meantime, check out the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Get yourself acquainted with all of these players. It is draft season. We're going to be hitting it hard this April. Can't wait to do it with y'all. I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, skull.